Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Right now we go to the hotline, though. We welcome in Mark Medina. USA Today NBA writer. Follow him on Twitter at MarkG underscore Medina. He joins us on the show. Mark, thanks for joining us. We know it's a busy time. Playoffs are here. We can't thank you enough for the for the few minutes you got for us here, buddy. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, first up, Suns are a great story. Everybody loves them. How rare is it what Chris Paul is doing for this basketball team, not just on the floor but off the floor, what, what Phoenix has done so far throughout this postseason? Well, it's it's been rare because a lot of times, uh, you know, during Chris Paul's playoff runs, it would come abruptly short because either he or another teammate would have an untimely injury. And look, he's dealt with shoulder issues uh, throughout this playoffs, but he's usually been able to fight on the better end of it. And I think that has coincided with, you know, the Suns were ready to, to you know, take another direction and, and grow in leaps and bounds with their young roster. So, um, you know, I know that Chris has had this legacy of, oh, you know, he's a playoff failure and he's underachieved. But I think more often than not, you know, a lot of those things were more external circumstances than anything else. So if they wind up getting uh, to the finals or winning the championship, I don't want to say that this kind of validates his legacy, but it's certainly something that's well-deserving. Well, we're so, I mean, for guys like you, I mean, you cover the league extensively. You cover the history of it extensively. For guys like me who just fly in here and there during, you know, when we're talking about football, baseball, basketball, whatever, hey, rings culture, I think it does. I think if he wins this, I think it changes the way that people remember Chris Paul when it's all said and done. Yeah, it should. It will. But, you know, I think the rings culture is something that should be pushed back because, you know, you look at, someone like Jerry West, right? He won one NBA championship and lost a bunch of finals, but it was against the Boston Celtics or part of a dynasty. So, you know, I, no, no doubt that's the ultimate prize, but a lot of times when you're looking at championship teams, you know, a lot of it can be circumstantial. Now, at the end of the day, you know, talent prevails, you know, an organizational culture prevails, but sometimes it's just, you know, luck of the draw, a misfortune or a fortune and, you know, to then assign a player's legacy based off of those circumstances, I think are a little unfounded. Like, you know, take Steve Nash, for example, he never won a championship during his career, but there's like no debate. He's considered one of the best point guards of all time. So it, it will change his perception, but I don't think it should. I totally agree, and I could go off on a great big tangent about it, but I know I don't have go a lot of time it. here. <laughs> I, I, really, I think Tom Brady ruins it in football. I, th- I think that let, that LeBron and, and, and MJ ruin it in basketball. Uh, you see baseball where some of the greatest players ever don't have rings. They only give out one a year. That's why they're special. So I, I totally agree with you, Mark. I really do. I, I got to move on to the Clippers. Down 0-2 in this series. 
you know, Kawhi's been questioning the locker room here and there, especially during the last series. What do the Clippers got to do to jump back in this thing? Well, they have to be more consistent. They, you know, unlike last year with, uh, you know, their bubble underachieving, it's not like they're not playing up to their capabilities or their chemistry issues. But, you know, the Utah Jazz is a real legitimate team, and they've been punching first, and the Clippers, to their credit, have been resilient, but they've had to, you know, play from behind all these games, and that expends a lot of energy. And so, you know, when you talk to the Clippers afterwards, they're saying, hey, we've been here before down 0-2 against Dallas. We have a lot of fight left. And while I do trust that they're not going to all of a sudden yell 1-2-3 Cancun in the huddles, I don't <laughs> think that they have enough to uh, to overcome this because you look at history. No team has ever won multiple playoff series being down 0-2. And number two, the, the Jazz are a complete team from top to bottom. So barring you know any serious injury to Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, you know, the, this this series is a wrap. You know, the Clippers may win game three or maybe, uh, you know, win game four, but, you know, I, I can't see this series going anywhere beyond five games. Did Nick Van Exel actually plan on having the Lakers go to Cancun together after the season, or was it just a reference? <laughs> I've always you wondered. Know, I, I, from my understanding, I, I certainly was, that's certainly before my time as a as a NBA writer, but from my understanding, knowing the history of the team and all that, uh, that caused a lot of issues. So I don't think that oh, yeah. that uh, was a rallying cry for everyone to join him. I think, from my understanding, he may have gone that on his own. But Shaq afterwards told Jerry West, "You need to, you need to get his, you know what, out of here." So uh, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that there were a good number of teammates that didn't decide to join him on that trip. <laughs> Mark, Mark Medina joining us on the show, USA Today NBA writer. I get a lot of fans who don't like the Knicks, or excuse me, the Nets. They don't like Kevin Durant. They don't like Kyrie. They don't like James Harden. I think every sport needs heels. I think every sport needs bad guys. Are the Nets good for the NBA if they win this whole thing? Yeah, um, I I think it's good for two reasons. One, they play really good basketball. Um, You know, I I have no rooting interest in any of these teams, so I just appreciate Mm -hmm. seeing – good players play and they certainly have a lot of talent i think it's also good for the league that you know there's no way around it people hate watch teams a lot of people like the miami heat but a lot of people dislike them same thing with the golden state warriors and that does well for the ratings um and look i'm i'm a a person that you know i'm not going to criticize player movement empowerment like they're entitled to do whatever they want with their career and uh you know just like any employee is entitled to pursue whatever line of work they want and go in for any sort of promotions or different opportunities. So I'm not going to begrudge that, but there's no way around it that I think part of kind of the animosity that some fans have toward that is them looking at, oh, these guys are just forming alliances and forming super teams. But it goes back to, you know, the the original topic we we're talking about with the ring culture. Like if these guys are being evaluated with their legacy of, oh, how many championships did you win? Like, I, I can't think you can really fault them for them then trying to maximize their odds to win those titles. And, you know, look, when you're looking at the Nets specifically with with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, I think that there are fair questions to be asked about their leadership. And I think James has shown that he's been willing to make the sacrifices to fit in. But with Kevin Durant, 
you know, I think one of the underrated things about him, both during his time with the Nets and, and the Warriors, is that he was a team player. I mean, he he still showcased himself as one of the best players in the league. Don't get me wrong, but he was able to do that while complimenting other all-stars on the floor. And I think that's something that should be more praised than criticized. Mark Medina joining us here on the show. If Milwaukee wants to even up the series coming up tomorrow afternoon, what do they have to do? Well, uh, it helps if they replicate the Game 3 atmosphere and you know being able to hit timely plays at the end and maybe hope that Brooklyn screws up at crunch time with who's getting the ball in the final play. Um, but I think the bottom line is, overall, they have to be more aggressive. Giannis has to be, you know, this both from a, a player standpoint and also a coaching standpoint, be putting himself in a position to succeed. And throughout, you know, these last two years in the playoffs, you know, I think Giannis and the Bucks coaching staff, they haven't always made the proper adjustments where no one's questioning Giannis's talent, but you know, teams scheme four stars in the playoffs, most notably, and you have to have a plan B. You have to have a plan C. So just running a high screen pick and roll for him all the time, it's not always going to work. So you have to have a fallback plan. And so I think if they're uh, continuing to be open to that and, you know, also giving Giannis some, some offensive help from whether True Holiday or Chris Middleton, uh, they at least have a chance. But even if they do that, it might not be enough because the Nets, with or without James Harden, they have that much offensive depth to make up for it. 30 seconds. Mark Mark Medina is with us on the show. 30 seconds. Will Space Jam 2 be a good movie? (laughs) I think it will be. I liked the first. I I actually recently rewatched it after uh, seeing it, you know, when I was a young kid. Uh, You know, it's fun. So I don't think it's going to win any, like, Oscar awards or anything like that, but... It'll be a fun summertime movie to, uh, you know, get back to the theaters for. Mark, can't thank you enough for the time. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, my friend. All the best. All right. Likewise. Same to you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.